Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of The Big Cruise Podcast. Yes, episode 45, how my time has flown. Uh, A particular shout out, a particular uh, bonjour, bonsoir, merci, bienvenue to our listeners in France. We uh, last week topped the 100 leisure podcast charts in France of all places, which was a big surprise because this is an English language podcast. We don't translate it. Uh, But for whatever reason, uh, last week's episode uh, performed exceptionally well in France. So uh, thank you to everybody who is listening, not only in France, but wherever you are in the world. In fact, if you want to tell us where you're listening to this, uh, just drop us a line via the website, The Big Cruise Podcast. Uh, Join the show. You can do so. Or of course, get in touch via social media. We love that uh, you all uh, enjoy the show and we love that you uh, engage with us. But we do have one particular shout out. As you know, we have a way that you can support this podcast. That is in the form of buy me a coffee. Now, you are not physically buying me a coffee. It's a, a donation. It's a membership, if you like, um, to the Big Cruise podcast. And we have uh, yet another member who joined this week. A big shout out to Paolo or Paolo UK, um, who this week uh, signed up for a whole year. And uh, for that, we are very, very grateful for each little membership that we have or for each little coffee that we receive. It really does help us to keep producing this podcast, which really is uh, just a a passion project at the end of the day. And uh, we do enjoy getting the cruise news, the maritime history, and uh, when we can, of course, the reviews once more. Now, in today's show, we have got Chris joining us shortly with some maritime history. His uh, maritime history comes from a listener question. Hey, to Jeff in Adelaide. Thank you for sending in that question. Chris will be answering that very shortly for you. We'll then move straight into cruise news. And then we have a very special guest all the way from the UK. We've got Shane, who is the uh, International Sales Director for Virgin Voyages, joining the show to tell us uh, what's been happening behind the scenes in this current cruise pause and what we can expect when we are once again able to cruise. And if we do choose to cruise, with the, the Virgin team on what will soon be uh, the three ships which will uh, be uh, sailing in the not-too-distant future. But um, without further ado, let's uh, get straight into this week's episode. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. 
And our first guest every week is, of course, always Chris Frame, maritime historian and all things cruise news. Chris, welcome back. Thanks so much, Baz. And this week, it seems as if there's a bit of optimism in the cruise industry. Yeah, I've said uh, various different uh, things out and about. Well, how about you? Yeah, and some good cruise news coming up. So that'll be um, be interesting. I think a lot of people are now starting to feel a bit more confident about the idea of booking voyages in the future. So that's really great news for the cruise industry. Of course. But before we get to cruise news, we always do a bit of maritime history first. And we had a list mm. of questions, which I sent through to you earlier in the week. We had Jeff in Adelaide asking, he'd uh, read that pet dogs were uh, allowed on the Titanic. Was this normal <laughs> for liners back in the day? Yes, actually, it was. Um, and even to this day, you can take your pet across the Atlantic, well, at least if you have a dog or a cat. So um, well back in the early era of ocean liners, uh, animals had been part of the transatlantic experience. We've spoken in the past about mm-hmm. how they used to carry livestock on board for, for um, help with uh, things like eggs with, from chickens and milk from cows. Um, they also, interestingly enough, um, not a pet so much, but I guess it's the ship's pet because they used to have cats on board the ships. The ship's cat, they would call it. Um, and the, they were, of course, a member of the, of the crew. They were there to um, help rid the ship of any mice or rats that had come on board the ship. But passengers were allowed to, um, or first-class passengers, I should say, were allowed to bring their pets on transatlantic crossings. Um, and, of course, the quarantine controls and that were, were not quite the same um, in those early days as they are now. But um, you could go across the Atlantic with your dog or with your cat, and in some some cases you've even heard of people taking um, you know, other uh, smaller animals and, and birds um, which kept kept in uh, the kennels or in cages on board the ship mm-hmm. um, across the Atlantic. Uh, Titanic herself had 12 dogs on board oh. um, when she set sail, uh, and they were all first-class dogs. They were looked after by – well, there was a – the big dogs were looked after by the ship's crew. They had a, a, a people who would walk them and that sort of thing. The small dogs, the lap dogs, they – uh, could stay with their with their owners, um, interestingly enough. Um, and of the 12 dogs, three actually survived the disaster. So three dogs got oh. away in lifeboats with their with their owners, a small the small Didn't dog. Know that. Yeah, I know, strange. Hey, um, to think of uh, to think of dogs on the lifeboats is not really a p- part of the story that gets told all that often. But um, this isn't unique to Titanic by any means. Um, obviously, her sister ship Olympic had the same. The, the big German liners had it. The French liners had it. Cunard ships had it. Um, you could take your dog across the Atlantic. Um, the Queens, Mary and Elizabeth, and the Normandy, which was the big French liner, mm-hmm. there was it was quite famous, I suppose, on those days where you could um, see these first-class passengers coming on board with their mountains of luggage and their dogs and. Um, they'd have porters that would bring them on with leads, and then there was uh, the the images, of course, of them walking the dogs on the sun deck at noon, <laughs> that sort of thing. So it was all big part of this sort of tradition of first class travel. Um, and then, if you fast forward to uh, more modern times, uh, even uh, modern ships have it as well. The transatlantic liners, uh, QE two, for example, had a kennel on board for her entire career. Um, so it's 40 years where they would carry dogs across the Atlantic uh, and cats. Um, and they had, <laughs> QE2 had a, her, her kennels was on the sun deck, which was just below the, an area just below the funnel. Mm-hmm. And on the side of the funnel at the bottom, there was a thin deck, um, teak wood 
clad. And if you look very closely, you can see a little red spire sticking up, and that's actually a London lamppost. And so they had a London lamppost on the deck for the British dog's convenience, <laughs> as they would put it. <laughs> so they didn't feel that they were too far away from home when they were having their walk. It's just a bit of a, a bit of a, a gimmick, I suppose. But it was there for the ship's career. Um, and I've actually got um, a couple of photographs of it on my, on my website. Um, they called it the doggy deck. Um, and then Queen Mary 2, uh, which, of course, replaced Kiwi 2 on the Atlantic, she also has a, a kennel on board, 24 um, animals can be can be taken across the Atlantic, and that's both um, both dogs and cats. And what's interesting, Baz, is when when I did my transatlantic crossing in November 2019, there were um, a whole heap of dogs on board. We were we went through shame a um, a force 12 hurricane force winds on wow. that voyage, and the ship was being moved around quite a lot, and um, the the dogs weren't. From, from what I heard, they weren't very very happy about it. Um, Bless. <laughs> you know, as you can imagine. But when we arrived in New York, the people with uh, with pets actually cleared um, immigration. There's a special queue. So we're all standing there in this massive immigration hall and uh, and the dogs are going going through much quicker than, than the people are. So, you know, there's some perks <laughs> to taking your animals across the Atlantic. Um, and it is weird, I suppose, from an Australian perspective because there is no way you would travel – into Australia with your pet on a ship, no, and then just leave the ship and walk ashore. Like here, the biosecurity is so strict that the animal will go into quarantine and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. in in the states, when we arrived, the, the dogs just left the ship and walks. I mean, I don't know what checks were done beforehand, probably, but they just walked straight into um, you know through customs and, and and off they went. So um, quite remarkable. So you can only do your you can only do, only take your dog on the Atlantic crossings. You can't go cruising on the Queen Mary too with your with your pet. But if you're doing the Southampton to New York or New York to Southampton and you've prearranged it, of course, then you can take your, your pet still across the Atlantic. Oh, that was going to be one of my questions. Could you do it both ways or was it just uh, the, the one way? But uh, no, you've answered that, so good. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean I, I'm like, I'll put a, put a little asterisk there. Like I'm 99% sure that you could do it both ways. And um, obviously it needs to be pre-organized. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and look, I mean, there's a whole heap of information about it on, online, but you would need to obviously have things like, you know, um, health checks done, rabies certificates, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, which have, so you know, it's not like it's just a free for all. But um, when then you compare it to other other jurisdictions where there's mandatory um, sort of quarantine periods for any animals coming in or out of a country, for for those of us from so sort of Australia or New Zealand or whatever, when those of us on the ship and seeing that there was dogs on board, and then they just kind of go ashore, it did seem unique you know it's <laughs> kind of different i don't know if it's <laughs> still you, happens, can't, you can't do that here in the uk you used to be able to get a pet passport which I, well, I assume was only valid for europe but maybe it is something that's accepted elsewhere in the world as well mm. who knows yeah I'm, I'm sure cunard has all of the information on their website if anyone wanted to know any more than i can i can tell you but <laughs> yeah it's um it's something that has been a an atlantic um, thing for a very long time and um, not exclusive to Titanic and also not unique to, to you know I mean a while ago they did a, a big sort of relaunch of the kennels and there was all these photographs of the that they've got a New York fire hydrant and a London lamppost that yep. they put on the ship and all that sort of stuff and it made a big deal out of it but it's not like that was the first time it's ever happened by any means it's been <laughs> something that's been around for for, for uh, centuries. Brilliant. Well, Jeff, I'm sure that has answered your question. Mm. And just a reminder to the listeners, if they do have a question, they can send it in to us via the website. 
TheBigCruisePodcast.com. Uh, head to the top right-hand corner. There's a little area called Join the Show, and that's how you send the details and the question through uh, to uh, either myself or Chris, and we look forward mm. to answering them as they come through. Now on to cruise news, Chris. Um, there's a whole heap of news around. Some of it um, not quite so positive, so we'll start off with that first, and we'll finish off mm. with the more positive stuff. Yeah. But uh, the, the biggest news, I guess, certainly here in Australia, is that we have had an extension to the Australian Biosecurity Emergency Declaration. Tell us more. Yes. Yeah, so this is the um, – so it's kind of referred to – colloquially and in the media as the as the travel ban or the cruise ban or the international travel ban basically it's um the legislation that uh, prevents uh the the use i guess of uh, international flights to come and go from australia so Mm -hmm. um if you want to leave australia or if you want to come into australia you need to obviously get permission and have a reason why you're doing it during these COVID times Um, and it also covers the 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 foreign flagged cruise ships so basically stops foreign flagged cruise ships, internationally flagged cruise ships um, from from coming into Australian ports. Um, and it had been extended a few times during this uh, crisis. Of course, now it's um, been pushed out until June of 2021. Um, and look, I mean, I know as we started the program off by saying that there's a lot more optimism in the, in the market. And I think that um, 2021 might be potentially the asterisk there. I think that, as we've spoken about in the, in the past, a lot of confidence in 2022, 2023, lots yep. of people making bookings for next year's World Cruise season, that sort of thing. But this year, obviously, there's still question marks around when it's going to resume, how it's going to resume, all that sort of stuff, uh, which I'm sure we'll be, we'll be talking about in future months. Yeah, I mean, the health minister did say that um, they are looking at what steps will be taken to, to aid the resumption of not only cruise but also international travel mm. and that they may be announced prior to 17 June. So hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. see something in the, in the coming months. Yeah, because, I mean, if, sorry, if, I mean, if you looked at the um, um, airlines as well, I mean, I know a while ago Qantas was talking about when it was going to resume. I think now they've, they've said international October. flights will be, yeah, October will be phased in. So, like, I think... Yeah, probably it will be sort of a, a, as you say, a phase approach, but it's not just cruise cruise lines. It's going to be obviously the whole travel industry is going to have to to work out a way in which it can be um, resumed from from an international perspective, which is such a huge part of the um, the economy, which I think we'll, we'll be speaking about a little bit later. Yeah, well, that kind of does lead into the next next (laughs) point, which is uh, from Clear, which is the the global organization that kind of represents the the cruise industry. And they have been in talks with the the Australian government, but they have announced the the dollar figure of how much it has cost the Australian economy economy Mm. not to have a a cruise season. Yeah, like $5 billion over the last 12 months, because it's a 12 months in... I mean, if you're listening to this on the week that it was published, it's 12 months next week. Yep. Um, that that um, the last ships were sort of coming into Australia, and then of course the the the, the cruise um, the cruise ban started. Um, so yeah, a whole year, um, and you know, there's 18,000 jobs in the cruise industry that have been impacted, obviously locally in Australia by that. Yeah. Um, for our internet, for international listeners, of course, I mean that's a huge, it's a huge part of um, international markets as well in the United States, in Europe, and in, in the UK, um, and 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 also throughout um, throughout Asian countries as well. So it, you know, this is the Australian figure, but I'm sure it's being um, replicated around the world. Yeah, when we talk about people kind of imp- impacting or uh, jobs potentially impacting, we're not just talking 
travel agents and cruise line employees. There's obviously oh. the farmers, the entertainers, oh. the you know airport staff because they're they're required mm-hmm. to help people get to the ships, yep. logistics, etc. So there's a whole different array of people that are kind of impacted yeah. uh, because I mean, of this. For years, when the, the, with the cruise boom, I was quite often being asked by media and stuff like, "What kind of impact does a cruise ship have?" And they would say. You could you could um you could look at uh, say a big ship coming into a port and it could be up to five hundred thousand Australian dollars yep. in in impact and you look break that down and go well how does that how does that number make any sense well it's not just the passengers on board of course it's not just the crew on board the ship but it's all those extra things that's the bunkering fuel it's the transportation the taxis the hotels the yep. uh, food the transportation of the food the the whole like um, uh, drinking, net, you know, drinks network of uh, wineries and, be- and and breweries and all that sort of stuff. The, the impact is just so widespread um, that it adds up. It really does, and so that's the reason I suppose why such a huge number, five billion dollars. It sounds, you know, it sounds like a kind of media alarm. alarm. <laughs> it sounds it like just... a media alarm kind of alert, but it's actually, you know, when you when you add it all up and you think about it, it's like, well, okay, that that's actually quite a significant impact. Yeah, but um, to to kind of put things into perspective as well, and we haven't got it in the show notes here, but um, I did notice that uh, Carnival uh, Corporation and um, Norwegian uh, Mm. Holdings Group have both said that they, due to the recent kind of um, refinance, etc., they still have enough money to operate without any departures for at least 12 months, so that there's little danger of anybody... Um, being impacted by the collapse of a cruise line, or certainly the big mm-hmm. ones at this stage. But we, we, yeah, we, we just need that little plan of how we're going to get things back up and running. And I do generally feel that we are closer to the end than we are to the beginning. So uh, let's see, let's see how things Maybe pan out. I hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, a little bit of news out of the UK uh, with both Princess and uh, PNO uh, mm-hmm. UK uh, over the last day or so. Yeah, I mean the UK is interesting because. Um, there's a lot of sort of positive information coming out about how quickly their vaccine rollout is being um, yeah. achieved, and um, I do believe that the the government there has indicated that they're going to try and start bringing back some normality about mid year, yep. um, which I think's got a lot of people excited. And my Instagram account it kind of exploded with travel people going, "Where are we going to go? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> All that sort of stuff when, when we're when we're you know when they're um, released from some of the restrictions over there. But that being said. Um, some of the international travel has been um, pushed back a little bit further for, for the UK market. Um, so both um, both PNO UK and Princess have actually pushed pushed out um, ex UK international destinations for a while. But what they're going to do is they're going to supplement them with having like local UK voyages out of Southampton, which will be going on sale later this month. So. Um, I think people who have already got bookings are being con- contacted at the moment. I've seen a lot of chatter on Facebook about some of the P&O UK stuff with um, Arcadia, Aurora, Ventura, and Azura. Their voyages, existing voyages, have been pushed out till August. And um, the, the two bigger ships, um, Iona and Britannia, uh, up until September. But they are expecting to see some um, UK like round Britain type trips out of yep. this Southampton market and phasing the return of their ships. I think originally there was going to be quite an intensive return of ships. Now it's going to be a, a bit more of a phased process in terms of one ship at a time perhaps or or, or um, not quite so many all at once. Yeah, and then with Princess they've got Sky, Regal and Island Princess, which again were going to be uh, previously operating on international departures from the UK. 
they too uh, later this month will be announcing the, the new itineraries which will either be cruises to nowhere or cruises uh, to only uk ports of course mm. so a positive in a, a, in a in a way i guess yeah that's just it i mean like it's um i guess that's sort of one of the things that people a lot of people i'm speaking to in 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 um, australia have been asking and actually international travelers as well saying you know covid situation here is so much better than it is around the world why can't you have um these domestic cruise departures so perhaps as you were saying if um if things are closer to the end than they are to the beginning perhaps barry that might be one of the pathways out of um the restrictions here yeah and in a similar similar news story royal caribbean have also announced that they're going to restart in another destination so obviously we know that they're already operating in singapore as are dream cruises in uh, singapore and taiwan and we've got msc and costa operating in europe now but um, this one surprised me, actually. The newest ship for Royal Caribbean, so Odyssey mm. of the Seas, is going to be sailing out of Haifa. Yeah, so she's um, a uh, Quantum-class uh, ship, one of the Quantum Plus, I think it was, yeah, uh, yep. class ships, which is a very big ship, um, second largest sort of designer, RCI. And yeah, so she'll be offering um, cruises um, out of Israel there into the middle, into the um, Mediterranean, rather, um, and interestingly enough, there's been, um, well, I guess it makes sense. There's, there's an agreement to have the whole voyage or all of the voyages, everybody on board will be fully vaccinated, which is in accordance with, um, with the local laws there. So, um, there's an interesting development and, uh, and a way, I guess, that they can ensure that the voyages remain as safe as possible. Yeah. Um, and Royal have already said that they will have all crew members vaccinated and, mm-hmm. um, Israel does already have... An incredible number. I forget the actual number, but I, f- I think it was something like seventy to eighty percent of the population is already vaccinated. So yeah. um, it's uh, it's going to be wow. a, a great restart for them. And um, they 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 are a nation of cruise lovers. They do love a good cruise. So uh, great for them to be able to head out to the Greek Isles. I think from memory it was going to Rhodes, Santorini, Mykonos, uh, Athens, and Limassol for Cyprus. So uh, good news. We'll watch and see how that all pans out. And next up, an Australian brand that is pretty well-known in the expedition market. They generally operate to the far-flung corners of the world. They've chosen to bring their newest ship at this stage back to Australia. <clears throat> yes, um, Aurora Expeditions, Baz. Um, their, their ship, the, the uh, Greg Mortimer, mm-hmm. um, she will be um, – they'll be offering voyages on her out-of-Australian ports uh, from June of this year. Uh, so, you know, quite quite soon, actually. Um, and there'll be a list of um, destinations. Um, some of the ones that sort of stood out to me included um, voyages to Antarctica, but she'll also be sailing to the WA coast, um, to Kangaroo Island, to the Coral Coast. Uh, and, of course, um, uh, this ship uh, itself is uh, quite, a, quite a unique design. And then there's another one mm. um, on the way as well that's under construction and due out for, for Aurora in, uh, later in 2021. Yeah, very unique ship. Those sailings will go on sale um, from 11th of March. And as you said, they will commence sailing from uh, from June onwards of uh, 2021. Uh, another new ship um, on the horizon coming back to Australia. Scenic is a well-known brand down here and also in the UK. Uh, their expedition yacht Scenic Eclipse is also going to be visiting Australia. Yes, so she's, uh, again, a very interesting type of ship she's a yacht style uh, vessel so she stands out um and sort of uh very much one of those ones that can get you into unique locations smaller ports areas that the big ships can't get into that sort of thing um 228 passengers on board 
Uh, and she's got um, sort of Zodiac boats and they even um, allow you to sort of take helicopter rides and stuff as well around some of these interesting locations. So they'll be um, doing voyages from uh, June through to August in local waters. Well, that's the plan anyway. Yeah. And she also has a submarine as well, which I think from memory takes uh, four guests. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether they can operate the submarine in the, the tidal conditions that the Kimberley offers. But uh, great to see another uh, beautiful uh, ship or yacht on mm. our horizon. And this, uh, the, you know, these two pieces of um, pieces of news, these two announcements, I suppose, I guess show some indication as to the, um, I guess, the confidence that the cruise these cruise lines at least have in the Australian market resuming. Obviously, with voyages. Um, you know, plan to resume from June, mm-hmm. uh, which is when, of course, the current um, cruise uh, restrictions um, are set to expire. So that's, um, I guess, another sort of positive indication for the local industry. Yeah, and I was going to leave this till the end, but it kind of ties in with what, we see, what you're just saying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually off down to Fremantle Port on Monday for the first time in so long. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I know. Because it's very <laughs> <laughs> Coral Expeditions has currently uh, got their, their ship anchored off the coast of Fremantle, mm-hmm. and uh, she will be coming in on over the weekend and will be set to depart on a voyage from Fremantle on Wednesday up to the uh, the Kimberley region. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to head down. Unfortunately, we can't get on board, but we are going to meet the team. We're going to see her from a distance uh, and just really excited to see have a look cruise at ship, a ship once again i, know. I mean it's <laughs> How sad it, are we? it'll actually be um it'll actually be almost exactly 12 months since i saw a ship like a cruise <laughs> ship in person in um in in local um you know in local waters because of course <laughs> um the last one i i i saw um up close and personal was when queen queen mary 2 left australia yep. um 12 months ago but um you know uh coral expedition ship that that one's already operational because the ship is flagged in Australia. So right. the, the biosecurity rules, of course, only um, prohibit foreign flag cruise ships, um, whereas domestic, you know, Australian flagships, they, they obviously have to follow all of the COVID safe regulations. I mean, in, in all Australian states, um, as I'm sure it's the same in many places around the world, there's very strict sort of social distancing and you've got to check in and that sort of thing to make sure that people you know that the contract tracers can find you and that sort of thing so these ships obviously have to operate within within that that um that regulatory framework but um uh they are actually able to to continue to offer um uh travel options because they are australian flagged yeah yeah then we're going to learn more about that um on monday and all being well if the equipment all works uh, which we, we've never done a uh, an outside, not an outside broadcast, but an outside record before. So hopefully we'll have a, a bit of uh, audio that we can put a little bonus episode together midweek uh, of next week. Yeah. And um, last in the news cycle, uh, Riviera, which we talk about uh, in the river cruise market, mm. they've introduced something new for 2022. Yeah. So they've got a, a new sort of, um, I guess, bonus offering for those passengers who are, are traveling on board in the most uh, luxurious accommodation, the, the higher um, grade cabins. Um, and that includes a whole heap of improved amenities. So you're talking about luxury toiletries through to complimentary sparkling, um, I think it's prosecco when you board the ship, um, fresh fruit delivered to your cabin, that sort of thing. But but also the, these, you know, we've spoken about river cruise experiences before um, uh, where it's a bit more, uh, you know, you get a bit closer to the destinations you can kind of come and go as you please and that sort of thing um and part of that is the the integration i suppose of some technology so 
they're offering smart handsets, which I mean, I haven't seen in person, but I can only imagine it's sort of a little bit like a, a smartphone. Yeah, pretty it has, much, yeah. yeah, it has maps, it has a translation function, it has a currency exchange, and they also include internet texts and calls in it. So, I mean, it must be, a, it must be like a, a phone program, but it's all, it's all included in, um, in the offering for the, for the passengers. So I guess like if you were traveling internationally or whatever, you wouldn't have to worry about swapping your SIM out because you could just use the, the one yeah. that the ship provides. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, not only can you use the map if you get lost, you can just call the, the ship and say, wait, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, with the river cruises, like, I mean, some of, some of the river cruise boats um, uh, even have, um, like, bicycles and stuff. So um, yeah. you can leave the ship and ride up the, co- uh, up the river and meet it at the next uh, – the next suitable location so it, it very different from ocean youtube for whatever reason has decided to start um serving me or videos about passengers being left behind on the pier just recently oh really <laughs> um, i've never once in my life searched for a video like that but there's for three or four just in the last few days and and um, you see you know these poor people with these big ships pulling out and um they've obviously been left behind and it's i think it's a little bit easier to catch up to the ship with a river cruise <laughs> yeah because it's generally not going that far up or down <laughs> the river um but no so that, that does happen an awful lot people you know ask travel agents you know oh you know do people really get left behind and like the the, the answer is yes they do um it happens a hell of a lot um in the mediterranean um and uh, even more so in the caribbean so mm. if you are going ocean cruising for the first time, make sure you either stick to ship time or local time, depending on what uh, they're telling you on board the ship, because that's uh, an expensive exercise if you do get left behind. Mm-hmm. Now that's all we've got for the cruise news this week, Chris. Um, you're always putting new stuff out on the, the social side of things. So any new videos about to pop onto the horizon? Yeah, so um, I'm trying something a little bit different now. Um, I'm looking at um, sort of informational or factual videos about different cruising or cruise lines or cruise ships or history as well um, and the first one in that series is five amazing queen mary two facts that you need to know so oh. if you and i'm not talking about like the stuff you find necessarily on the um on the brochures and stuff like that it's it's things about the history or about the design that i find interesting okay don't um, tell but, us any of them now let's make no, sure I we won't. head over to I youtube won't. to see it yeah go and check it out on youtube but yeah it's it's things you might not necessarily no <laughs> or have ever heard of it before but if if you like the you know if you if you watch it and you like this series leave me leave me a or the idea leave me a comment because if, if it's if it's well received i'll do more historical brilliant. things as well you know go back through yeah. the archives brilliant sounds good as always the the link to chris's uh, youtube channel is in every show notes page so you can head down there um but it's pretty easy to find if you just jump on youtube and put in chris frame uh, you'll you'll certainly yep. come across the videos as well Thanks so much, Baz. Chris, it's always a pleasure, mate. We'll speak to you again uh, next Friday. Thank you. Take care. And next up on the podcast, we've got a very special guest all the way from the UK. We have Shane Riley, the uh, senior, no, the associate vice president of international sales for Virgin Voyages. Shane, hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Sorry, a little trip up there with your official well, titles. Me, I uh, liked it. You promoted me. I liked it. I liked your version better. You deserve it. <laughs> now, um, we talk quite a lot about Virgin on the, the podcast uh, and uh, some of your various news pieces that have come out over over time. And I'll be honest, if there's one cruise line I'd like to give a little leg up, it's uh, Virgin, purely because you did so well. You got the first ship, you had your little uh, shakedown cruise for the trade, and then headed across the Atlantic and then everything got paused. So uh, we did. not yeah. want to 
uh, dwelling too much in the sympathy side of things, but you're still hard at work. There's still lots of things going on in the background. And uh, ultimately, you've got uh, almost two brand new ships ready to uh, to wow the audience with when uh, we can travel once again. Yeah, so we've got two ships and, and getting going up ready to announce the third ship. So yes, whilst uh, whilst the launch of Virgin Voyages has been has been paused by the global pandemic, we still believe that the future is absolutely red hot. Uh, and we know there's still a lot of demand and excitement around cruising in particular, uh, and also the, the experience that we've created. So we're more that more than ever um, excited about getting this experience out there and allowing our, our future sailors to be able to experience Virgin Voyages. Brilliant. And I believe there's also been some work underway in uh, Miami to, to get the terminal all, all ready and up to yes. speed. Yes. So um, just, a couple, just a few weeks ago, we broke ground for our very own dedicated terminal in Port Miami. Um, so Terminal V. Um, terminal V will open uh, towards the end of 2021, so towards the end of this year. Um, and she'll welcome um, our ladyships that are departing from Miami. So we're really excited about that because it's, a really, it's going to be an amazing landmark destination uh, on the skyline of Miami. And it's in a really an amazing location that our ships have beautiful views of downtown Miami. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited to have Terminal V ready towards the end of this year. And uh, for the listeners that maybe not listened uh, when we've spoken about Virgin, just tell us a little bit about the two ships and where they're going to be sailing. Yeah, I've got, oh, they haven't been listening. Where have they been, Baz? What are they doing? I know, um, I know. So, uh, so we have two, uh, two incredible lady ships. So Scarlet Lady will be sailing year-round from Miami. Um, Scarlet Lady offers four, five, and seven night itineraries departing from Miami uh, down into the Caribbean. And each of one of those itineraries includes a, uh, a visit to Bimini Beach Club, so the Virgin Voyages Beach Club on the island of Bimini in the Bahamas. Um, and then our second ship, Valiant Lady, she sails um, in the summer months uh, in Mediterranean from Barcelona. Uh, she offers three seven-night itineraries, all of which overnight on the incredible island of Ibiza. Um, and then in the winter months, she heads back to Miami, um, and then she offers six and eight night Caribbean itineraries out of Miami to some different ports of call. And again, all of those include uh, a late stay at Bimini Beach Club as well. So, uh, And then we are gearing up very, very soon um, that we will be announcing our third ladyship already, um, and we'll be getting exclusively ready to reveal where she will be sailing to and her name. So coming very soon. Oh, I've got a name suggestion, actually. But you can only use it if you send Ladyship 3 to Australia. Bonza oh, okay. Lady. But Bonza Lady. Well, how did you guess? I can't believe you've actually guessed that. <laughs> I can't believe you've guessed it already. But yeah, you never, you never know. I, I'm not ruling anything out. <laughs> well, we'll watch this space. <laughs> yeah, well, now, um, obviously, things are going well, and uh, you, you've put a lot of protocols in place uh, for the safe resumption of crews and uh, all centered around the Voyage Well plan. Um, just tell us some of the key points of that that uh, you've, you've undertaken. I know you haven't had to do any key infrastructure work because the ships are so new. They've pretty much got everything they already needed, but you, you have got a, a great policy in place to uh, to reassure everybody. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, even before the pandemic, health and safety of our sailors and our crew was always our number one priority, but even more so now that uh, we need to, I guess, call out the key things that we're doing to to help make sure that we keep our future sailors safe. Obviously, sailing from the US, we are um, adhering to and will be bound by the requirements of the CDC in the United States, which will obviously ultimately lay out the framework for returning to cruise. Uh, but we were already one step ahead of that. So um, way back when, a good seven or eight months ago now, we created an expert advisory group. Uh, and this was made up of a panel consisting of Atmosair, uh, Ecolab, Dr. Heyman, and Vicon. 
uh, as well as the, the Global Public Health Service. And these, we brought these experts together to help us to formulate our Voyage Well plan to make sure that we can take care of our sailors in, in a better way than ever before. So it's so much more than just cleaning the ships more. It was about actually, yes, we have the latest technology because we we're lucky enough to have the newest fleet in the world. But being able to create some uh, investments mm-hmm. and some adaptments to the ship uh, to to make even the ships even safer. So, for example, we were the first cruise line to introduce Atmos Air solutions. Now, Atmos Air uh, is an air filtration system that kills ninety nine point nine percent of viruses, um, and all of the air, one hundred percent of the air on board, um, is treated with the Atmos Air solution. So, it was the first of the industry, and it was a big investment for us to to put that into place. That was a really key thing. Um, of course, we had some things that were already in place that made Virgin unique in a unique position to be able to uh, handle post-pandemic travel uh, more significantly and better better than a lot of other brands. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we had no buffet to start with, so we had no buffet restaurant, um, and we still obviously have no <laughs> buffet restaurant. So we have no self-service food options that we'd have to navigate or try and change. Uh, so that was that was really important to us. Um, and of course, having this panel to be able to advise everything that we're doing, it's en- enabling us to enhance our experience, uh, but without having a detriment to the experience. So uh, we will have a reduced capacity when we sail to make sure that we can offer the service that we've advertised and promised. Um, and that will allow our sailors to have the opportunity to be able to be socially distanced, but still have the amazing experience that we've promised and promoted to them to, to them all along. Um, so yeah, still lots more to come on this, but there is a really thorough plan that sailors can be confident that Virgin Voyages really does have their back when it comes to health and safety. It's our number one priority, and it's not something that we would ever uh, ever waver from. And we will continue to invest in this space as and when new technology and, and new information becomes available. Brilliant. I'll be sure to put the the link in the show notes for anybody that wants to read up all the different bullet points and the the detailed plan. But uh, pretty good summary there, and uh, the listeners are always keen to to hear what the different cruise lines are doing now of course we couldn't get you on without giving you an opportunity for a bit of a shameless plug so what's what's the latest with virgin have you got any promotions or deals or activities that are kind of out in the marketplace at the moment yeah, we do. So we have some really great offers right now. So right now, um, it's kind of the traditionally the peak booking window for, for booking cruisers. So we do have a promotion in place where uh, our sailors can enjoy 10% off their voyages. Uh, and they can also enjoy up to one uh, up to $400 uh, future uh, $400 on board credit or sailor loot, as we call it to spend as they like on board. Uh, and we're also giving them a $100 bar tab bonus. So with Virgin Voyages, we don't have drinks packages, we still we have a really flexible bar tab. And, and if you buy three $100 will give you $400 to mm-hmm. spend on board. So it's definitely worth it. And actually hot off the press, and we also have recently introduced a pay in full discount, which is also combinable with, with the offers I've just discussed. So if you say there's pay in full, um, if I said it's painful at the time of booking, then they will get that 10% off um, as well as the, the promotion that I just discussed. So they'll be getting up to 20% off their voyage. It's some really good savings to be had. And there's definitely no bank in the world that's paying an interest rate of 10% now. So rather than having your money sat in the bank with uh, not making a great deal of money, <laughs> you might as well have the saving of your future voyage, right? Oh, too right. And um, you have just had a, a huge training academy for, for the travel agent community. So if, uh, if the listeners are looking for a Virgin accredited um, travel agent, is there an easy way for them to kind of identify one? 
Yeah, so um, we have had 11,000 travel agents go through our program and uh, they have now had an in-depth training program that they've been able to have to go through to qualify to the next status. So you just need to look out for the logo. There is a logo that will say Certified First Mate uh, and a little violet tier um, stamp on there. Keep a look out for that because that means that travel agent has dedicated time to learn about Virgin Voyages and, and really is becoming an expert. So the best thing to do is look out on the, their email signatures or on their website for that signature stamp. Um, and if they've got that certified first mate, then you can be confident that they've been through the training and know, know their stuff. <laughs> if you had to pick three things that set Virgin Voyages apart from anything else, um, could you choose three? Oh, God, that's a tough one. So we've really designed the experience to really take the best that cruising has to offer. So cruising is an amazing experience, right? We know that. That's why Virgin wanted to get into the cruise industry. Uh, but we really wanted to take the best of cruising and look at how we can virginize it in lots of different ways. So everything we've done has been based on research from, from our future sailors. So the first one, I think probably... The thing that really sets us apart more than anything is the fact that we're adults only. So you do have to be 18 plus to sail with us, which means that mm. we've been able to deliver a really elevated and consistent level of experience. So the, the product that you see promoted is a product that you'll receive. So you don't have to worry about um, traveling in school holidays where you might have three or 400 kids on board. You can be safe in the knowledge that actually uh, the experience that you've it's been promoted to you is the experience that you'll receive. Also, when it comes to when it comes to dining, dining is obviously a major aspect of, of cruise holidays. Food on, on cruise ships is traditionally excellent and one of the things that people often talk about from their holiday experience. Um, but for us, we wanted to take that to the next level. We we didn't find anybody throughout our research that talked about talked positively about dining rooms that seat a thousand people. Um, so, and they also talked about. N- not being nickel and dimed and charged extra for the different restaurants on board. So uh, on our ships, we have 20 different uh, eateries mm-hmm. on board, so 20 different restaurants and eateries that are all included within the price. So I think for me, what makes that really unique is every one of those restaurants has, actually has its own kitchen, has its own serving team, and it's almost treated like a separate business. Of course, it's all included within the cost of the voyage, but it really does feel like you're in one of the best cities in the world with those uptown vibes of those restaurants that you may want to dress up and get a bit more sophisticated for, but also those casual bites. So it, the ships really do have that really wide choice of, of dining options. Uh, and then probably the third and, and kind of last point that makes us different is the design of our cabins is unique. So our sea terrace cabins have yep. a patented design of the seabed, um, which actually converts to a lounge in the daytime to allow you to have your your cabin much more as a living room space than uh, than a kind of a bed in a box that traditionally happens on ships. So we wanted to give our sailors that flexibility of having, yes, having a comfortable bed, and it's designed to be a bed first and, and a lounge a second, uh, but it allows our sailors to have those that, that, that choice. So if they want in bed, the bed mode the entire time, they can do, but we do find that people love that idea of having the, the living room space where they can go back in the daytime, relax on the sofa, have the, the, friend, have the patio doors open to their balcony uh, and just chill on the sofa rather than kind of having an awkward interaction. If you bring invite someone around for a, for a drink in your cabin, you can, where do they sit on your bed? It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, so we, you're able to transform your cabin into a living day space and then into a comfortable bedroom at night. And our, our crew take care of all of that for you. So um, yeah, the, the sailors don't have to lift a finger. And I know, guys, you've got to see them yourself. So you've got to experience that a little bit at first hand yourself. Yeah, looking at those mock cabins back or oh, back when we could travel. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was uh, incredible. Yeah, they, I really like the design and the, the quirkiness and the, the little touches. Yeah. yeah. 
good. Now, um, before we let you go, just a few little quick fire questions. Uh, I haven't pre warned you of any of these, so just whatever comes straight to oh, no. let, me, let me limber up and get ready to, to the front of uh, mind. Yeah. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, sunset. Mediterranean or Caribbean? Mediterranean. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> the wake or razzle dazzle? Oh, you know what? Before I experienced it, I would have said the wake all day long, but I'm going to say razzle, razzle dazzle. And for people that don't know what razzle dazzle is, just a quick explanation. Yeah, razzle dazzle is our vegetarian forward restaurant on board. It's a really bold design. It's designed by, it's taken the design from uh, our inspiration from the World War One ships that had the, the stripes painted on the sides of the ship. Uh, so it's a really bold and garish design. And as a meat eater, when they told me it was a vegetarian forward restaurant, I was like, oh, here we go. It's, it's going to be really boring, really bland. But the, the, <laughs> the, the menu is the menu's got a naughty and nice side, so you can have some meat side dishes if you wanted to. But the cuisine in there is just really bold and creative, <laughs> and I just love the fact that it's really playful and really fun. So it's, it's an amazing experience. It's somewhere you can go really casual, um, and, um, yeah, it's just a, a great place to be. Fabulous. Now, um, we've fed and watered you. The Aquatic Club or Bike and Burn? Uh, the, the Aquatic Club. Get rid of some of those calories. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, if um, if COVID wasn't happening, if everything was back to normal, and we could travel, and you could travel anywhere in the world with anybody you wanted, uh, it doesn't have to be Virgin, but I'm sure it would be a Virgin ship. Um, where would it be, and why? Um, I'm desperate to get on board um, Valiant and Scarlet Lady, but Valiant Lady, um, she's the youngest sibling, and I'm the youngest sibling in my family. So for right now, I've got a lot of affection for the second born. Uh, so Valiant, <laughs> Valiant Lady, um, I'd love to get on board Valiant Lady and actually just sail into Ibiza and have that really lazy evening, really long dinner, you know, like a four-hour dinner in a beautiful cobbled street of Ibiza town, and just really, you know, sit there drinking wine into the early hours and just really relax and take into the amazing views. And then the next day, jump on a catamaran and head out to Fomentera and just really relax in that beautiful surrounding. So please let they, let this be overseen so we can get out and experience all those amazing things that the world has to offer. Too right. I used to live in Ibiza, so I'll join you on that cruise and uh, we'll go and find the, the back streets of uh, Ibiza town. Yes, well, we've got a date, haven't we, already for May? So we're going to have to, we're, we'll be out there, Baz, ready in May. <laughs> Excellent. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for, for joining us today. And you're more than welcome back on the podcast anytime you've got some exciting um, news to share. But uh, keep up the hard work. We can't wait to, uh, to get these ships back out on the ocean and uh, start sharing some amazing cruise memories uh, once more. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that's listening. The support and love that we've had from everybody across the world for Virgin Voyages and uh, you know, the kind messages that people have sent us saying they're thinking of us and we can't wait to get on board. It's been really reassuring. So we are very excited about the future. We've got the third ship announcement coming very, very soon. So the future will be definitely red hot and we can't wait uh, to get out and experience the Caribbean and the Mediterranean. <laughs> awesome news. Thanks again, mate. Thanks so much. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.